Amen. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful, wonderful, worshipful time we have had this morning. Let me invite you to open your Bibles with me to Proverbs. Remember last week on Mother's Day, we started our family series. And this family series will continue at least through Father's Day and uh, just continue forward as the Lord lays on my heart sermons for the family. This year's family series, we've entitled it, This is How We Family. And so this morning, I want us to go back to that very first chapter of Proverbs. I want us to understand this is how we fear. This is how we fear. And my goodness, could there be a more relevant word from God? Remember, the scripture is always relevant. It is alive and active. Could there be a more relevant word for us right now in the midst of all the fears that our world is experiencing right now. There are the pandemic fears, the quarantine fears, the isolation fears. And now we're starting to hear about second wave fears. We're having reopening fears. Uh, We're having economic fears in the midst of all this. Now childhood sickness fears come into play in this. Uh, There are fears of being around others. There's fear of handshake and hugging and, and that's just with our spouses. I mean, there are fears all around us. And so you would think then that the scripture would lead us to say, okay, so in the midst of all these fears, what we need this morning would be a message on be courageous, be steadfast. Here's how to be strong. Uh, but instead... The scripture clearly shows us that in the midst of all these fears, instead of a sermon on how not to be afraid, instead of a sermon on how not to fear, the scripture is going to show us here's how to fear. There's a good fear. There are bad fears. But there is a good fear. And we're going to see that in Proverbs 1-7. We're going to see it in Proverbs 9-10. And so again, I hope you have your Bible there at home with you or wherever you are. Uh, some may be driving right now and listening, but Bible app, your iPad, your computer, grab a Bible, Proverbs 1-7. I want us to look at those two verses, 1-7 and 9-10. And it's because in essence, they're saying exactly the same thing, slightly different, But I want us to use these two verses and others to help us to understand the good fear, which is the fear of the Lord. All right, here we go. Let me grab my glasses. Forgot my glasses. Proverbs 1, 7. Here we go. Proverbs 1, 7 reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right, now 9, 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And friends, I want you to know, we just took Proverbs 1, 7, and 9, 10. We could also take Proverbs 8, 13. We could take Proverbs 10, 27. We could take Proverbs 15, 33. All of them. Talk about the fear of the Lord. But I want you to know, we don't find that phrase just in Proverbs, but instead in the full counsel of God's word, we see the fear of the Lord throughout. And as a part of the introduction, I want us to understand how important this is. 
The fear of the Lord is always viewed as a positive thing, as something that we are to desire and long for in our life. The fear of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 42, Joseph standing before his brothers. The reason that his brothers were able to trust him is because Joseph said to them, I am a God-fearing man. In Exodus chapter 1, it was because the Hebrew midwives feared the Lord that they spared the lives of the Hebrew babies. In Exodus chapter 9, it tells us that Pharaoh brought disaster upon his own nation because he did not fear the Lord. In Exodus chapter 18, it tells us that Moses chose his leaders based upon their fear of the Lord. In Leviticus 19, we are told that one of the reasons we are to care for the elderly, 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 Oh, those L words are so hard for me. One of the reasons we are to care for the elderly and the sick is because of the fear of the Lord. And we could keep going on through all of Scripture. We get into Matthew chapter 10. Jesus talks about the fear of the Lord. Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says that we are to continue towards complete holiness because of the fear of the Lord. Folks, this isn't just an Old Testament concept. This is for the New Testament church. In other words, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we've got to have the fear of the Lord. And this morning, please hear this. If you're coming with questions, if this morning you don't know Christ as Savior, if you've never began a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never begun a journey of following him, please know, I want you to hear that in the midst of all these fears, this morning, you could begin to understand the fear of the Lord. And so let, let's pray together. Because we sure are praying for salvation to come to a heart this morning. Last Sunday morning, during the morning service, someone called our church. And someone answered the phone and got to lead two people to the Lord. And so this morning, even before we offer an invitation at the end, we want you to know that if at any point in this whole worship service, you want to respond would you call 682-5678? If you're outside uh, this area code, it's 405-405-682-5678. Someone will answer the phone. We'd love for someone today to come to know Christ as Savior. If you want to recommit your heart, if you want to find out more about our church, call that number. Let's pray together as we begin. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we acknowledge we can't do this without you. And Lord, I'm not just talking about me. We can't hear from you without you. We can't understand the word of God without the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. And so, Lord, please open our ears, our hearts, our minds, Lord, to the mystery of God, the fear of the Lord. And, and Lord, I pray, our staff, we prayed this morning. I know many in our church are praying right now for someone in their family, a friend, a co-worker, Lord, that you have led into our life. And Lord, we get to have the privilege and the responsibility of sharing Christ. And so, Lord, we lift up that person. 
I pray right now that all of us are lifting up an individual to you, Lord. We ask for salvation. We pray for it. We pray, Lord, that hearts would turn to you. And we're going to thank you and praise you. May you receive the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. So we're going to take Proverbs 1-7. And again, looking at your scripture, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so let's do this. In order to understand this phrase, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the knowledge, let's go to the end, which is the beginning. If that makes sense, look at the word beginning, which is at the end of the phrase. That's where we need to start. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Because that word helps us to understand how vital this concept is to our individual lives, to our marriages, and to our families that we get the fear of the Lord. And so it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Well, what that word beginning there means, it means it is the first and essential element. The beginning is the first, foremost, and essential element. All right, so you remember a while ago I talked about how all these places in Proverbs we could understand the fear of the Lord. One of them I mentioned is Proverbs 15, 33. In Proverbs 15:33, listen to what the scripture says. It says, "The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom." All right, now let's understand this because Proverbs 1:7 says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." And then 15:33 says, "The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom." So if someone were to say, so is the fear of the Lord the beginning? Is that, does that mean that's where it starts? Yes, but it doesn't just start there. That is the essence of wisdom. It is the essential element of wisdom. Wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And you remember, I, I say often in, to our church family that the scripture is always its own best commentary. And so let's understand this using the word beginning the first time we see it. In Genesis 1-1, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. And so someone could ask the question, so does that mean that God was there at the beginning? Yes, absolutely. But when it says in the beginning, God, it also means he wasn't just there at the beginning. It means he was there at the beginning. He was there throughout the middle and he will be there in the end and for all of eternity. In the beginning, God and so someone could say, okay, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So once we get wisdom, once we have the fear of the Lord and we get wisdom, so now where do we go? You don't go anywhere else. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. And so moms and dads, when we're considering in, our, in raising our children, so we want our children to have wisdom, and so we want to make sure they know the Lord. Absolutely. Because when our children know the Lord, then they will fear the Lord. But here's the beautiful thing about it. The more they fear the Lord, the more they will know the Lord. And so it's not just a matter of, okay, I want to make sure that my, my child trusts Christ as Savior. I want to make sure that my child gives his heart to the Lord, and then we can move on to other things in life. No, that is life. It is the beginning of wisdom, and it is the middle of it, and it's all of it. It is its first and essential element. 
All right, so now we started at the end. Let's back up. It says the fear of the Lord. All right, well, let's understand the Lord there. And if, if you look in your scripture, you're going to notice that the Lord here is in all caps. And in almost every Bible that we use, let's, let's take a quick just a lesson here on that name, Lord. In almost every Bible that we use, you're going to see Lord printed in two different ways. Sometimes in your Bible, you're going to see it in all caps, just like it is right here in Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord, all caps. Well, then there are other times when you're going to see it as capital L, little O-R-D. As a matter of fact, example of that would be in John's gospel. Whenever Thomas, the one who had been doubting, gets to put his hands in his, uh, his fingers in Jesus' hands inside, and Thomas exclaims, my Lord, that would be capital L, little O-R-D. You see, capital L, little O-R-D means Adonai. It's the Hebrew word Adonai, which means master. And so what Thomas is proclaiming there is my master and my God. But here in Proverbs 1-7, it says the fear of the Lord, all caps. And so what, what is that translated as? Well, what that's translated as is the Hebrew personal name of God, which is Yahweh. Or sometimes you'll see it as Jehovah, Yahweh. That's the name. Okay, so the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. Well, let's understand, we've got to understand what this means that it says the fear of Yahweh. All right, so where is the first time we see that name? Well, it's in Exodus chapter 3. And if you remember, in Exodus chapter 3, God has appeared to Moses in the burning bush. He's going to send Moses. And before Moses goes, Moses asks the question, So when I go to the people of Israel and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they say to me, What is his name? What am I to say to them? And God, verse three, chapter 3, verse 14, look at it there. It says, And God said to Moses, you say to them, I am who I am. God gave Moses his personal name. God is a title. Yahweh is his personal name. And and, and it goes on there in verse 14. It says, you say to the people of Israel, I am Yahweh has sent me to you. Well, why is Moses needing a clarification? Now, folks, please, I know that we're at home. I know sometimes it can be really hard to worship at home because of a lot of distractions. But I really need you to focus in here and listen to what I'm about to say because I don't want to be misunderstood. Why was Moses asking for a clarification? He said, when I say to them, the God the God title of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say, what is his name? Well, the reason that Moses is asking for a clarification is because there were other gods. And if right now you're thinking, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I I thought we believed that there is only one God. Okay, there is only one true God, 
absolutely. But folks, we have to understand, there were other gods, little g-o-d-s, false gods, gods who could do absolutely nothing, gods who had no ears, no eyes, no nose, gods like that, but there were other gods. As a matter of fact, you can look through the Bible and see the names of these gods, Adramelech, Anamelech, Nebo, Molech, Dagon, Baal. These were all names of little g-o-d-s. They were gods. I got to tour a building one time. This is years ago, and it's kind of an unusual building, and the tour guide said, one of you opened that door. And so a man walked over, opened the door, and behind it was a brick wall. It was a door that led to nowhere. A building had been built right up against the other building, and so there was still a door there, but it led to nowhere. It had a doorknob. It had hinges. It had a rectangular frame. It opened. It closed. It was a door but it was a door that led to nowhere. Friends, I want you to know there were gods back then and there are gods now. They don't lead anywhere, but they're still a god. They're a false god, but they're a god. And so Moses said, I need a clarification here. Friends, there were other gods and there are other gods now, but there is only one Yahweh. That name is distinct. There is only one who is exalted. The psalmist said, you are great because you are the God who is above all gods. It is what God meant in the first of the Ten Commandments when he said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I am that I am. Okay, so why do we need to understand it is the fear of of Yahweh, because that's his personal name, meaning he is a personal God. I don't need to fear any of those other gods because they don't know me. I don't need to fear any of those other gods back then or any of the other gods now because they didn't make me. Only Yahweh is the true God, and we are to fear the one true God who knows me, who made me, and is the only one who can sustain me. And so, friends, what are those other gods that we have in our lives right now? Well, boy, in the midst of this pandemic, we could say, well, health and safety is quickly becoming a God in people's lives. And I mean, we hear that at least 10 times a day. Uh, Your health and your safety are the number one priority. Your health and your safety is everything that we're, we're concerned about. Our highest priority, our greatest concern is your health and your safety. And so we almost are at the point where, well, every decision I make then is going to be made based upon my health and my safety because that is absolutely the most important thing in life. And so Wednesday and Thursday, just three or four days ago, I got to experience my very first ever virtual trustee meeting. 
If you remember, I, I get to be a trustee for the International Mission Board, and so this meeting, I was supposed to have been, all of us were supposed to have been in Richmond, Virginia, but instead, it was a virtual trustee meeting. I got to sit in on a meeting where five couples are getting ready as soon as everything clears. They're getting ready to go into the North Africa, Middle East area. And so we think, well, my goodness, that, that would be a difficult place to go. Friends, it's a difficult place to go under normal circumstances. Well, then, why would someone in the midst of all this still be going through the process of being appointed as a follower of Christ, as a believer, as a missionary, to go into a whole different country, which may not have nearly the health measures, the health concerns that we have here, Why would they go? Because their health and their safety is not their God. If they were basing their decisions in life based upon, well, health and safety is absolutely our number one priority. It's absolutely our biggest concern, and every decision is going to be made based upon our health and safety. They would never go. But instead, the personal God who knows each one and loves them and has saved them and has called them, that's why they're going. In the midst of all this, financial security, in in the midst of stocks falling and all that, financial security can quickly become a God in people's lives and all of a sudden you wake up one morning and the stock market has crashed and it's gone. And so now what do you do? You see, not only is he the personal God, but when he gave Moses that name, I am that I am, he also was saying to Moses, I am the eternal God. And there is no one who can make that claim. No other God ever has made the claim of being the eternal God. But God is making the claim, I always have been, I am now, and I always will be. I am who I am. And so when your money runs out, if that's your God, when your money runs out, then who are you going to turn to? And God is saying to you, fear me, turn to me, because I will never run out on you. Young families, please hear what I'm about to say. You've heard me say this before so many times. I hear young families say, well, uh, I, it's all about the kids and, and our, our, our top priority. It's, it's all about the kids and, and what they want. And folks, listen, children are a blessing from the Lord, but they are not to be a God in your life. Your happiness, your joy, your peace, your fulfillment, your purpose does not come from your children. It comes from our God. Because if your children become your God in your life, then one of these days you're going to walk into a bedroom And you're going to notice that your children have moved out. And then what do you do? But our God says, I am Yahweh. I am that I am. I'll never move out on you. But when he gave gave Moses that name, I am that I am, I want you to hear this last thing, personal God, eternal God. But he was saying to Moses, Moses, I'm the only God who can save If you remember Exodus 3.14, 
you say to Israel, I am who I am. And then you say to them, I am has sent me to you. Which gives us a forerunner, a foretaste, a picture that God is the one who sends. And, Moses, and God is saying to Moses, I'm going to send you. And then if you look at Exodus 3, 16 and 17, why was God sending Moses to the people of Israel? God says, because I will bring you up out of the land of Egypt. I will deliver you out of bondage. I will save you. In other words, Yahweh will save you. Yahweh saves. And friends, please don't miss this. Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves is the name Yeh. It's Yahweh, it's abbreviated form of Yahweh, yeah. And then Shua, saves. It is a derivative of the verb Vasha. Yahweh saves is Yeshua. It is Yeshua. It is why in Matthew chapter 1, the angel said to Joseph, and you will call his name Yehoshua. Because he will save his people from their sins. Yahweh saves. Why are we to have the fear of the Lord? Because Yahweh is the only one who can save. Jesus is Yahweh in human nature. Jesus is the one who died for you. Jesus is the one who was buried. Jesus is the one who rose again. Jesus is the one who's coming again. Why are we to fear him? Because Yahweh saves, which also means Yahweh is the only one who will stand in judgment of me. Friends, please hear this. It's what Jesus meant when he, in Matthew chapter 10, he said, do not fear those who can only kill, kill the body, but fear him who has power over both body and soul to send you to hell. Yahweh saves. Friends, point number two, the one whom we are to fear is the only one who can save us. Why or why would the scripture put together fear of Yahweh? Because we have to understand Yahweh saves. It's what Jesus meant when he said, unless you repent, you too will all likewise perish. And then he followed those words by saying, if you acknowledge me, Yeshua, Yahweh saves. If you acknowledge me, Jesus, before others, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, then I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Because Yahweh saves. And so, Lord, I stand in fear of you because, Lord, I understand you can save me. You know, as parents, a lot of times we say to our kids, son, I'm just trying to keep you from hurting yourself. If I had a nickel for every time my dad said to me, and it was usually when I had a tool in my hand, son, I'm just trying to keep you from hurting yourself. I want you to know God has done everything 
with God, all things are possible. God can do anything. And so with the God who can do everything, God has done everything he can to keep you from hurting yourself. And it means coming before him and saying, God, I acknowledge you alone can save. And so the one who I am to fear is the only one who can save me, who has power over both my body and my soul. And so we end with this. So then we got to take a look at the word fear. I wanted us to understand that beginning means that the fear of the Lord is all in all. It is the beginning of wisdom. It is what wisdom's all about. I wanted to understand that Lord means Yahweh because Yahweh saves and we are to fear the one who can save us, the only one who can save us. But finally, let's look at that word fear. And friends, it, there's always the tendency to soften it to where we say, well, it, it just means awe. It just means to understand that God is really great. Yes, that's included. But boy, there's a whole lot more because the word it literally means terror. It, it really means dread. And, and so it's the mystery of putting together that we are to dread or have terror of the one who saves us, of the one who loves us more than anyone will ever love us. How can you put those two things together, those two thoughts. How do we marry together Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the one who loves me? How do we marry that with 1 John 4, which says perfect love cast out fear? How do we bring that together? Friends, here's, here's this phrase I wanted, the sentence I want you to see. The fear of the Lord is love which prompts me to do that which pleases the Lord. But the fear of the Lord also means fear, which prompts me to refrain from doing that which displeases the Lord. The fear of the Lord, yes, it is affectionate reverence. It is a tremendous, supreme, ultimate love for the Lord who supremely, ultimately loves us. It involves love, but love which prompts us to do that which pleases him. But it also involves fear, which prompts me to refrain from doing that which displeases the Lord. Friends, listen, what it means is that, Lord, I... I understand that your wrath is awful. And so, Lord, I don't want to do anything that would bring wrath upon me. And, friends, I want you to know that apart from Christ, we stand under the wrath of God. It's not that you're in a neutral place and you're saying, well, I just haven't decided whether I'm going to follow the Lord or I'm not going to follow the Lord. There is no neutral position apart from Christ. Right now, you are under the wrath of God and the fear of the Lord is understanding. God, your wrath is awful, but your love is awesome. 
And Lord, I don't ever want to do anything that would be outside the will of God. John Calvin, I want you to listen to what he said. Parents, parents of children especially, sometimes we say, well, the way I'm going to help my kids to learn to do the right thing is I'll just scare them into, into ever uh, having premarital sex. I'll just talk about, you know, you could get a girl pregnant or if it's this daughter, you could get pregnant. So I'll just scare them into in, in drugs and alcohol. I'll just scare them into, okay, here's what John Calvin said. He said, nothing, nothing overcomes temptation like the fear of God. Nothing is as powerful to overcome temptation as the fear of God. That's what we need to have in our lives. That's what our children need to have. Please hear this. Bad fear is a fear that God will do wrong to me. Good fear is fear that I would do wrong to God. That's the fear of the Lord. Friends, we are not, when, when God calls on our heart, when God opens himself to us, we are not to dread that. We're not to walk away from that. Do you remember how sometimes in grade school, middle school, junior high, high school, you saw that principal coming and it was get out of here, do everything, hide, because you didn't want to see them coming. You see, that's a fear that that person will do harm to me. That person will hurt me. Fear that that person will do wrong to me. I miss so much getting to have the church family here. One of those times that I miss is on a Wednesday night over in the chapel. I'd always see Ronnie Couch and his wife would be sitting there and, and oftentimes John Bucci would come walking by. And John Bucci was Ronnie's principal when Ronnie was in the first grade and the second grade and then the fourth grade. And so every time John Bucci comes walking by Ronnie's couch, I mean, he sits up straight in his pew and, and he starts sweating and, and he starts getting nervous because I've done something wrong. That's, that's not how we approach God. That's a bad fear that God will do wrong to me. God will hurt me. But instead, the fear of the Lord is, Lord, I don't ever want to do anything that would do wrong to you. Because, Lord, I understand and I, I fear your discipline. But, Lord, more than anything else, I love you. The fear of the Lord. It's a whole new way of viewing life. It's viewing each moment, and I, I'm borrowing this from an author I read this week. It's viewing each moment is the Lord's time. Each relationship is the Lord's opportunity. Each duty is the Lord's command. Each gift, each blessing is from the Lord. It's a whole new way of viewing life. That is the fear of the Lord. Friends, it's understanding right now, Lord, A, I don't have life without you. 
B, I can't live life without you. And C, I don't want to leave life without you. Because you save. Would you pray with me right now? And friend, I'm going to invite you again, wherever you are, I want you to know that if the Lord is speaking to your heart, if, the, if you feel like your heart is about to pound out of your chest, that's God calling you to himself. And even if you say, well, I, I know I'm saved. I know that Jesus lives in me. Friend, listen, God never speaks without purpose. There's never a meaninglessness. Listen to God, heed him, obey him affectionate reverence is the fear of the Lord which leads to reverent obedience Lord I'm, I'm yours I don't belong to anyone else all those other gods in my life they're going to run out on me at some point but you never will friend today trust him he loves you when you have the fear of the Lord you won't fear anything else. You will see that the Lord begins taking away every single one of those fears and replacing them with the fear of the Lord. Lord, my life is in your hands. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that someone today, right now, I pray that, Lord, someone is, is desiring and calling out to you. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, Yahweh saves. So, Lord, may someone come to you right now. Lord, I pray for recommitted hearts. Lord, I pray that hearts would turn to you. Lord, I pray that you would add to us. And, Lord, call out from us. Call out from us, Lord. Call folks from our church into, you, into the, the fields. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.